It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And the show rolls on from Gainesville, Florida, where we're at the head coach of the Florida Gators, Jim McElwain. I know you and love you as Coach Mack. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show, Coach Mack. I appreciate it, Adam. It's always great to see you. And we love to talk to head coaches about um, social issues and um, fun issues like fatherhood. Uh, let's just start with fatherhood as a head coach. Um, it's a fascinating topic for me because you're a, you're a father figure to 100 guys on the team with the Gators football team. Uh, you have two daughters of your own. So I guess let's talk two about – Two daughters and a son. Oh, I'm sorry. You have three yeah, kids. Yeah. So, so three times over, you're a father. You're, you're also their coach. Yeah. Um, do you ever see uh, similarities in the two? Do you, do you ever find yourself coaching your kids and then being a father to your players? You know, that's one of the things. We talk to our kids all the time about you know, really the greatest thing you can ever do is, is be there for your kids. And that's really what it's all about. And, you know, all the coaches, all us coaches, everybody in this profession, the only reason we exist is because of these kids. And, you know, we treat them like we treat our own kids. Fantastic. And I know you have some foundation work with um, uh, with your wife, uh, doing some uh, golf outings possibly for the kids. Tell me yeah. about that. Well, first of all, not a good golfer. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, well, but I, we I, love the outings. I got to uh, ask you then. Yeah, what, do you, what do you shoot for eighteen? Well, you know, a lot. Uh, I, I, let's put it this way: I get my money's worth. <laughs> you know, as an offensive guy, you want to score points, right? You're scoring points. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But uh, uh, no, my wife Karen and I, uh, through our MacFam Foundation, uh, you know, it's something we try to do to give back. And, and I got to tell you, we're the luckiest people in the world, and uh, just a chance to help the youth in the community, the surrounding area, Latchwood County. Uh, obviously, the state of Florida is something that, uh, you know, we're a big part of and, and uh, something we really like to do. So the Mac Foundation is... The Mac uh, Fam. I'm sorry, Mac Fam. Yeah. Mac Fam. Uh, we do it through this in one initial golf tournament, which we have here in Gainesville, and and uh, we do it in the spring, and, and it's a great event. We bring town out, bring a lot of people here, and, and we have a great time. And... Uh, you know, the best time is when you're able to give back. And, and you know, we, we talk a lot with our team, with anybody we touch. You know, really one of the greatest things there is is, is uh, you know, giving of yourself for the benefit of others. And that's really what we try to do. I'm glad you said that. That's what we try to report on on this radio show. We want our listeners to uh, hopefully be motivated, me included. I mean, I'm not above anybody. I want to get off my couch and try to make a difference in the world. And hearing about head coaches in the Southeastern Conference that are getting off their couch to help out their communities, that's important for all of us to hear. Um, Let's have a little fun now and talk football with Jim McElwain, the head coach of the Florida Gators. Uh, everybody wants to pick your brain and media day and press conferences and third downs. Um, and I like to know, I guess, from a tight ends perspective, it's my favorite position. <laughs> right, What's right. your favorite play to do for a tight end? Well, you know, there's a lot of them. And actually one of the best ones that we kind of have ever run is one that we just call old brown shoe. And, uh, we came up with it and couldn't figure out what to call it. And somebody said, well, it's the old brown shoe. So, we run that, put it in as part of our package, and, and uh, kids have a lot of fun with it, and usually it's the tight end that ends up with it. 
The old brown shoe. The and old brown shoe. Can I ask where that came from? I mean, well, did, I mean was there not? a brown shoe on the ground and that's how it came up? Or was this, is you know, there a deeper meaning to the old brown shoe? Well, that's the beauty of it. It's just the old brown shoe. <laughs> And that's all you're going to give me? That's all I, 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 because it's a, it's a secret? It's a team secret? What's the play? Is it across the middle? Is it uh, oh, two no, wide receivers a, crossing? Or, you know what? It's it, just it's the old it's brown the shoe. It's the old brown shoe. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> and I think it's undefeated. <laughs> so, it's undefeated. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't mess with the yeah. old brown shoe. Well, Coach Mack, we thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. Best of luck here in Gainesville with the Florida Gators. Thanks. It was great to see you again. Hey, this is Paul Lancaster, Director of Player Engagement for the Buffalo Bills. And you're listening to the Adam Ritz Show. Okay, welcome back to the Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and our special guest is Chris Heron. Hi, Chris. Hi, good to be here. I, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I, I've heard so much about you. Our guests, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, our listeners have as well. For the few listeners that don't know uh, who you are and what you do, former NBA player and star with a, a personal story of addiction, and you are now sharing that story, and uh, you are the featured keynote speaker at events all across the country, including the Circle of Hope. How's it been for you traveling the country, the response you're getting with what you're doing and what you're saying and what you're teaching with your mission? You know, the response has been great. I mean, I think it's, you know, the response really tells you how much it's needed. And that's the beauty of it, you know, that you walk into these high schools and you do your speech or these college campuses and you realize how many kids need somebody to talk to or need somebody to lean on. Because, you know, if you hold my phone um, two hours, three hours afterwards, it doesn't stop buzzing with emails and, and letters from kids saying, you know, I've been there, done that, and thank you for coming to my school. So it's, uh, it's, it's extremely rewarding, um, something that I'm very grateful for. And when you were going through the, uh, I guess, beginning stages of recognizing that you had a, a problem with addiction, um, and again, it was, uh, it was hardcore. This was, we're talking heroin. This isn't uh, a couple DUIs. Um, I guess what was the signature moment, that rock bottom that people talk about for you? Oh, gosh, every day is rock bottom in heroin. Um, there is no day you wake up feeling good about yourself. Every day is, feels like your last day. And, um, you know, there were so many of them. There were so many signs where it could have been that last day. But it took for me going home, relapsing after the birth of my third child, you know, the letdown on my wife's face and my children, you know, that when I went back to treatment, a, uh, a gentleman told me never to contact them again. I should just pretend I'm dead and let them live. That was the moment that I decided, you know, I'm going to turn this thing around, and that's the last day I've had to use. Chris Heron is our guest, um, national featured speaker on the, uh, I guess, what would you say, the topic is uh, addiction in general or heroin abuse? Or? Oh, no, it's a lot of topics. You know, it's, it's about choices. It's about your childhood. It's about your college years. It's about how one decision you make can flip your life upside down. Um, you know, I try to explain to the kids that the, you know, no drug addict starts off with crack and heroin. They all start off with marijuana and beer, hiding from their parents. Um, and I want to relay that message to kids that, you know, uh, nobody aspires, nobody sets out to become, you know, a junkie. Um, they start off just like the kids in front of me, sitting in a seat, listening to people talk and, and send their message, but feel that it would never be them. So, you know, it, it hits a lot of angles, um, the talk. It's a snowball effect. You're right. It's not just one decision. You know, they can lead to many, many more decisions and worse decisions. What's been the most rewarding part of your mission to date? Um, the most rewarding part of my mission to date through my recovery process is, is watching my children recover. 
there is no better feeling in the world than watching my kids get sober with me. Um, that is the, the, mo the greatest gift a, a parent can get. So That's fantastic. Chris Heron is our guest. And um, I want to talk real quick about your Purple uh, initiative. Tell yeah. us about that. You know, Project Purple came from a group of kids that wore purple shirts to an assembly one day. And they told me they were the sober students of the school. So um, I said to myself, if these kids can have that type of courage, I'm going to fight for them. And, and I'm going to make a stand for them and try to introduce an initiative where kids can identify themselves as uh, being proud of who they are because kids approach me after assemblies and whisper in my ear that they are purple, you know. And that's something that should be spoken loudly, not whispered. And unfortunately, we've allowed that monster to develop for so many years because that was the culture when I was in high school that, you know, the cool kids get high, the cool kids get drunk, and the only kids who have fun are the kids that do that. You know, it's just, it's just trying to reach out and, and start a little bit of a movement. And, and I've had guys like Dwayne Wade and guys in the NBA who are a part of it. And uh, it's been a great experience. Well, we're certainly happy that you're able to share this story and help other people. Real quick, how can we get in touch with you with Twitter and Facebook or any other uh, digital opportunities? Oh, Twitter. Twitter is C underscore Heron is a way to get me. Um, I, uh, you know, if you follow, the, you know, you were talking about what's, what's the greatest uh, moments of this process is that, you know, if you follow me after a high school talk and see the kids kind of tell on themselves throughout the Twitter feed is pretty amazing. You know, kids are willing to say, hey, I'm going to change or I need to change, and that's pretty wild. So, That's fantastic. Thank yes. you, Chris, so much for your time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. No worries. The Adam Ritz Show. At the Raiders football complex with Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. Hi, Rod. How are you? I'm doing good, Adam. Rod, everybody has uh, advice for rookies and first- or second-year players on how to take advantage of their NFL career. Um, and then by the time you get to your 12th, 13th year in the NFL, you, you know it all. What about that mid-level player, the sixth, seventh-year player? What kind of advice would you have for that? I mean, I, first, I think for all players, I, I think that, you know, you need to learn to empty yourself um, because if you think you know everything, you can't be taught anything. Uh, and that goes from rookies to the vets. And, you know, once you learn to do that, you got to start uh, learning to trust your coaches and to trust your instincts um, on the field. And I think we all understand the negativity outside of football, but on the football field, if you want to be a great player, you have to take what you get in the meeting rooms, uh, from the coaches, from practice, and then apply that back to the field. And those are the great players that, that you see on a weekly basis, that you see that can be in the Hall of Fame, because those players take what what's given to them, and then they apply it back to the field. And it's the knowledge applied back is the best knowledge. A lot of celebrities and NFL players, professional athletes are afforded the opportunity to work with charities uh, to get a lot of uh, messages and word out, raise a lot of money for a lot of good causes. During your playing days, um, what avenues were you able to work with to take advantage of your, I guess, celebrity to help other people? Well, I, I had my own foundation uh, in my hometown in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but then I worked with the Lakeem Society, and, it, it, and the reason I worked with them is because my best friend, when I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, passed away of leukemia. Um, he was diagnosed after we left. He went to IU. I went to Purdue, even though I forgave him for going to IU. But he went to IU. He passed away of leukemia. Uh, then the best man at my wedding, after the, after the fact, after my wedding with my wife, who we've been married for 22 wonderful years, but 
he was diagnosed with leukemia. So it, it was it's a passion of mine to to make people aware of the blood disease that's there and to always get checked. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is on location today in Chicago, Illinois. We're at the uh, football headquarters for the Chicago Bears with the director of Bears Care. That's cool. Like Care Bears. I, I have daughters. I know what that is. I know what a Care Bear is. This is Bears Care. We welcome Marge Ham to the show. Hi, Marge. How are you? Great. Thanks for being here today. I, I'm so happy and proud to be here in the uh, the Bears football complex uh, in Chicago to speak to you about uh, all the initiatives uh, around the Bears philanthropies. Um, you're the director of Bears Care. Now, when you're out on the street or meeting friends, or do, do they say, oh, Marge works with the Bears uh, charities, or do they actually know the term Bears Care? Uh, they know the term, but it's always uh, something that we're trying to reinforce in the community and make sure that people do associate it with the Chicago Bears and not the Care Bears, as you mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, and we like to think that the work we're doing is what will ultimately reinforce that name and our brand in the, the world of philanthropy. And how long have you been here with the Bears? Um, I've been here about 10 years. Oh, wow. So, okay. Nice. So you've seen a lot of changes over the years. Uh, one of the things we want to talk about uh, that the NFL's really done a fantastic job with is uh, the month of October, all the pink breast cancer awareness. So you've probably seen that change, uh, huge changes, uh, both in the NFL and here with the Chicago Bears with the pink initiatives. What's going on uh, with with your desk in the in the month of pink, I guess? Well, we have seen quite a bit. The, the very interesting um, element to all of this is that uh, the Chicago Bears and the McCaskey family have had uh, a passion for promoting breast cancer awareness, and cancer research for decades. Um, back in the 90s, uh, Bears Care first came about uh, via a partnership with the McCormick, McCormick Foundation, and the, the signature event that was created uh, was to raise funds directly for that, that sole purpose, uh, breast cancer research. So we like to think that we were really on the forefront of uh, the programming and awareness that you now see throughout the league. Uh, what what happened as Bears Care grew and the league began to incorporate breast cancer awareness initiatives uh, was that we decided to tack on another program to our menu of support in that area, and that's where we came up with our Real Bears Fans Wear Pink campaign, which is taken off uh, pretty nicely, and we just finished our sixth year. So I can, you know, hear what you're saying, and I can give you, you're very modest, by the way, because I'm hearing that Prior to the NFL really jumping on board with the month of October and pink and breast cancer awareness, the Bears were doing this long before the national initiative. We were. And actually, um, we started this, again, just to, to support our community, work locally with uh, researchers. But this whole uh, new level that we've reached allows us to not only focus on the medicine, but with the Real Bears, Fair, Real Bears Fans Wear Pink campaign, we can focus on the survivors, their families, you know, kids who might be dealing with separation from their parent who's receiving treatment, um, providing navigation services, uh, providing the resources so that a woman can, you know, actually get a wig and feel better about her appearance. So we've been able to take on uh, the, the disease and the issue really, you know, from a, an A to Z perspective. So we like to think we're touching people in a variety of ways and in as many ways as possible. 
So it's uh, a t-shirt campaign, yep. and uh, I guess let's just talk about how hard, how much work goes in. I'm sure it's hard work. How much work goes into that? When do you start? Is it is it uh, the first day of training camp for the players? They start doing push-ups. You start printing t-shirts. Well, we start thinking about what it's going to look like well in advance of the season. Um, we'll jump right into planning, and it's uh, we just finished our sixth year, so it's it's becoming a greater challenge to keep the look new and fresh. And the idea is that each year it's a unique design. Um, some of the years we've uh, given fans some choices uh, to select from. But, you know, it's something that we want people to have those collections. You know, I've been in it from year one, and I've got this shirt all the way up through 2013. And it speaks to a lot of individuals. We have a lot of great supporters that, you know, start emailing us in the summer, as you mentioned, when training camp starts. They're like, when are the shirts coming out? When do I get to vote? So that that's what's very exciting. Um, it really resonates with a lot of people, and a lot of people are surprised to see that a sports team cares this much about it and does want to do this, you know. Well, so. they're, they're cool shirts. I took a picture of one. It's going to be on the website, adamritzshow.com, and you say you've got all six years, all six versions of the shirt in your closet. Uh, this is outside the scope of the pink, like a pink jersey that yes, is yes. for sale at a sports uh, outfit, Dick's Sporting Goods. Right. We, this we is a specific T-shirt you guys design. Yes, and all the proceeds outside the cost of the shirt and the cost it takes to ship it out to the, the customers and donors, uh, everything goes right out the door. That's that's one of the great things about Bears Care. The club completely underwrites all the costs associated with operating the charity. So when we raise a dollar, it goes to exactly the cause that we you know promote the event saying that we're going to sport. So it goes right to where it's supposed to go. Um, so the great part about this is we'll run the program for maybe five to six weeks, depending again on when we're actually going to be focusing on uh, the NFL's campaign at a home game. But uh, we'll be able to net over $100,000 and turn that right around into the community for a variety of programs. And and great. the great part is we try to touch a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of different programs, change it up every year so that you know, people see it and they see that we care about our fan base everywhere. So we keep trying to extend the reach and uh, it's it's been very successful and made a great difference so far. So it's really on top of what you see when you go to the games in October and you see the pink goalposts. Um, a crucial catch, which is the NFL's um, game platform, is really an important element because awareness, prevention, early detection, those are all key elements. But um, we like to think, again, we're taking it that next step. Well, we thank you for this behind-the-scenes look at the philanthropies uh, and charities and community involvement of the Chicago Bears. She's Marge Ham of the Chicago Bears. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. We're in Norman, Oklahoma, on the campus of the University of Oklahoma with the head football coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. It's Coach Bob Stoops. Hi, Bob. How are you? Great, Adam. Good to good to be with you, and thanks for speaking to our team today. I had a, a really good time with your guys, a lot of high-character guys in there. You can see it in their eyes, how hard they work on the field. Uh, and I want to talk about how hard they work off the field with issues like character and integrity and community service. What do your guys do in the Norman, uh, Oklahoma area to make this place a better planet? You know, quite a bit. Uh, I bring a group of guys about every, you know, every uh, other home game. I try and go up to the uh, – OU uh, Children's Hospital at OU Medical Center, try and bring some players with me when we can. Uh, our players, uh, really, we have 12 to 14 of them every summer, and it rotates which guys are going. They go uh, uh, to Haiti uh, right after the spring semester for a week. 
along with uh, Jan Rost, uh, our, one of our women's basketball coaches, and some of the, the uh, ba- women's basketball team as well. They'll all go down uh, and really do a lot of charitable work uh, in Haiti as well. And they come home changed uh, from the experience and really keep in touch, uh, you know, with a lot of the children still back there. I, I bet it's exciting for them to be somewhere where nobody knows who they are. Because in this, in the area of Norman and the state of Oklahoma, really nationally with the brand behind the Sooners, I mean, they're, they're celebrities. So they go to Haiti. Nobody knows who they are. They might get looked at because they're big, because they're tall and strong. But nobody really knows or cares that they're big-time college football players. That probably really helps humbling them and getting them more involved. Very, very true. And, and it's amazing to them that the children really don't know who they are or that they're a big-time football star whatsoever. All the kids care about is there's someone there that's taking care of me, you know, working with me, smiling to see me, happy to see me, and and the interaction with them is, is really special. So we're speaking with Coach Bob Stoops at the University of Oklahoma. You mentioned uh, you go with the guys to the children's hospital. When you walk into a, a little one's hospital room, I'm sure that over 99% of them know who you are. Uh, what's it like with the one kid that doesn't know who you are? Uh, you know, it's, it's great, and, um, you know, a lot of times the parents trying to explain to them who I am. You know, it's fun. Sometimes uh, the, the the child may be from one of our rivals, may be an Oklahoma State fan. And that's so. But in the end, it doesn't matter. They We end up, you know, usually, you know, building a, a great relationship. And and uh, it's fun to interact with them, make them smile for a little bit, try and give them a, some type of present, you know, when you're there. And it's always positive. Uh, the, and uh, it, it's fun. You know, you, you leave there with, with uh, you know, with the spirit of them that's really special. One of the sayings that I've always enjoyed since I was a little boy is faith, family, football. There's about 25 stoops in the coaching ranks. Um, talk a little bit from your, uh, I guess, expertise of being a family man, both with uh, your family, the stoops coaching tradition, your kids, being a father. What about family uh, in the stoops family? Well, I, I, I lost my father young. Uh, he was only 54, but I learned I was 28 when I did lose my dad that, that – um, my father was a teacher and a coach and, and was involved in every sport uh, through the year. But I always knew from him, everyone asked, they think that's how we all got into coaching. But no, what I learned from my father was being a husband, being a father. Uh, and and truly, that's all that really matters. Uh, in, in the end, all this will leave at some point. And it'll be over and, mm-hmm. and tucked away somewhere. But hopefully your relationship with your fa- with your children, with your wife and all is still ongoing and 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 always evolving, but but always special. So to me, that's all that, that I feel I ever need to protect is is making sure that's always in a, in a positive position. He's Coach Bob Stoops, University of Oklahoma Sooner football. Thank you for joining us, Coach. All right. Thanks, Adam. Always good to be with you. Hey, this is Jeff Saturday. Just want to say how important what Adam Ritz is doing. This is truly a difference maker. You're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are on the campus of Southern Methodist University. It's SMU in Dallas, Texas, with head men's basketball coach Larry Brown. Hi, Coach Brown. How are you? It's good to see you again, Adam. I'm telling you, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, I followed you with you uh, when you were with the Indiana Pacers. I'm a big Pacer fan growing up in Indianapolis, and it's just great to have you on the show to talk about uh, life skills and some of the off-the-court issues that we talk about on this social awareness radio show. Talk about your service, maybe. How important is that for you with your players now, your current team here at SMU with community service and getting them involved uh, with the Dallas area? 
Well, the most important thing is, you know, you teach them to be men. You know, um, in my life, I've been blessed. I, I played for some of the greatest coaches ever. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for Coach Smith, Coach McGuire, Miss Dibble on the Olympic team, Pete Newell, John McClendon. All those people took a personal interest in me, and I don't think I'm capable of doing anything else, but I love teaching and coaching. And there's a lot more than just getting kids to play the right way. You know, hearing you speak today, it's about what you represent and how many kids look up to you and you have a responsibility to do the right thing. So it's pretty neat. And my wife, um, you know, she's gotten me involved in a lot of things that I never even thought about. You know, we help with a camp called Dragonfly that helps kids with autism. Really what I'm about, you know, I love basketball. I love the sport. I love what what it does for kids, what it's done with my life. And, you know, I'm 72 years old, and I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, you do what you love, and you don't work at all, do you? Coach Larry Brown is with us, uh, head men's basketball coach at Southern Methodist University. You mentioned your age. And so with all of that experience, and I've got to think, uh, you know, I sometimes shake my head at how social media uh, has changed everything. Do you worry about what they're going to be tweeting, posting, Instagramming? Because that gets so many great athletes in so much trouble, the way they misuse their social media outlets. I realize now um, it's something you got to be responsible enough to realize that whatever you say is public knowledge. And I, and I don't know if they really realize it. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I tell our kids all the time, people judge you by the way you conduct yourself. And that sets in it, you know, their opinion of you for the rest of your life in some cases. So do you have a Twitter or a Facebook? No, um, <laughs> but I have it now as a, as a college coach. Um, I, I just learned how to use a phone. <laughs> Honest, I, I, I did not know how to text at all. I never even thought about it. Okay. Never even entered my mind. But they told me when you're a college coach, this is an important part. And that's part of recruiting. Um, you're trying to establish, you know, SMU in the eyes of kids where they think they want to come there and play mm -hmm. for you. So. Well, that's exciting. Uh, Larry, we th thank you for your time. Larry Brown, the head coach here at SMU. Uh, just a pleasure to have you on and uh, hear about your work with autism and with these kids you have here at SMU and, and your memories from the Pacers. It's just been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Coach Brown, for joining us. It's great to see you again, Adam. Thank you. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. And we thank you for hanging out with the Adam Ritz Show. And our next guest is Brandon McManus. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Good, Adam. Thank you for having me on the show today. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we love highlighting community service. And we hear that you um, were part of some sort of national recognition for your community service when you were a football player at Temple. Thank you very much. Yeah, I um, was blessed enough to uh, recognize uh, the All-State AFCA Good Works team uh, members, 11 uh, football players from across the nation, from Division One all the way down to Division Three. During the Sugar Bowl, they uh, recognized uh, the other players on the field. Um, you know, we got an award, uh, got to check out the city of New Orleans and, you know, experience a great game. And uh, we were able to do a, a kids camp down there, a football camp to uh, help the unfortunate uh, in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience for me uh, to get back to a different community other than uh, we're in Philadelphia Temple. Okay, so uh, twofold here. I want to talk about what you did 
to be honored for this recognition when you were at Temple in Philadelphia. But uh, first, let's start with New Orleans. While you were being recognized, you said you worked at a kids' camp. Tell us about that. Um, it was great. You know, they, they definitely brought in a lot of kids from the Boys and Girls Club all over New Orleans. Um, you know, definitely touches your heart, you know, and you're able here to help your kid, uh, these kids out here. And, uh, you know, definitely a moving moment. Uh, so your community service work at Temple, to be honored as a, as a community service hero uh, in New Orleans, what was that work in Temple? So fortunate enough, I was able to work for the Ronald McDonald House. I did a lot of hospital visits and bringing beds, hospital beds. And uh, the one uh, group that I was uh, most fortunate enough to work with was the Susan G. Komen uh, Race for the Cure. Uh, definitely was one of my favorite events, and, you know, I still t stay in touch with them anytime I can help them. Well, we're glad to have you uh, in the NFL. It's Brandon McManus uh, from Temple University, honored for his community service, current kicker in the NFL. And i got to bring this up. We've done a lot of work with kickers that have foundations that are somehow connected to the cliche or the title of the slogan, just kicking it, you know, <laughs> the just kicking it charity or the just kicking it foundation. So have you thought about the Brandon McManus just kicking it event or dinner or dance to raise money for Charity X. Have you thought about naming it? Um, I have because, uh, uh, fortunately, I have a uh, children's leukemia company in New Jersey reach out to me uh, just outside of where I'm from. I don't know what I'll call it, if this is the brand of man's kicking it party or something. but <laughs> Give leukemia the boot. You can Maybe. do that. I like that. I like that. You know, that. we'll get together and we'll brainstorm and come <laughs> exactly. up with seven or eight, and we'll buy the dot coms to it and go from there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, the more we put our heads together, the better names we can come up with. All right. Well, Brandon uh, McManus, we thank you for your time. And uh, more importantly, we thank you for uh, highlighting community service because it's great for everybody to, to hear these stories because it reminds all of us that we can all get involved at some level with some group. Exactly. Um, I, I stress to anyone, you know, who, who can get out there and use any time that they can to uh, help the less fortunate. And, you know, not only will it help, um, you know, brighten their day, you know, will brighten yours at the end of the day. And I think, you know, we could all sleep better after we help someone that's less fortunate. And we'd like to congratulate Brandon McManus on his Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 50. He made three field goals and an extra point in the 24-10 win against the Panthers. Brandon McManus, kicker for the Denver Broncos and Super Bowl champ. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.